Dad, what the fuck is that? The fuck is what? What the fuck is what? What are you doing? Oh my God, Jess, Jess, don't do that. Just what are you, what is wrong with you? No, 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 stop it, stop it. No, 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 please stop it, stop it. Jess, what the fuck is wrong with you? Jess, please stop it, stop it, Jess. God damn it, stop it, please stop it. Welcome back, everybody. Welcome back to the analysis. It's your host, Bob, here today, and I got a couple of guys that are from the beautiful city of Denver, Colorado. Mike and Jordan, say hi to the people again. Analysis listeners, how's it going? What's up? Hey, guys. Good to have you on again. You guys are regulars now. Really starting to turn them out. And coming over to us from Royal Oak, Michigan... We're recording late tonight because he had his parents over for dinner. It's Colin Shea. Keep your family close. And why is Royal Oak not a beautiful city? That's only Denver. What's going on here? You're from here. That's true. Yeah, it, historic views of Hopcat and what, what the hell is the other fucking bar? Anyway, the who Detroit cares? Zoo. <laughs> exactly, the Detroit Zoo. <laughs> Shea, what'd you, serve your, <laughs> what'd you serve your parents for dinner tonight, you nerd? Uh, cooked a beautiful uh, sausage carbonara because I actually have skills other than podcasting, unlike you nerds. Whoa. Whoa. Owns a home and cooks his own meals. What a guy. <laughs> cool. Cool. Well, hopefully the, they enjoyed the cooking and thank you for saving some time in your evening for us. Wanted to talk with you guys this evening about a movie that uh, has just blown up meme culture. And recently, Netflix has uh, put out a post that said that they took their blindfold off to see that 40 million people have watched one of their newest releases starring Sandra Bullock, and that is Bird Box. And all through the Christmas season, it was released on the 21st, and all through Christmas, people kept saying, have you seen Christmas Chronicles and have you seen Bird Box? And everyone just kept saying Bird Box. My mom couldn't stop talking about Bird Box. And I saw probably 300 memes that all came out uh, within the last seven days and jordan you had text our little text thread group our little movie text thread and asked us if we'd seen it and i said that's enough we got to get on the podcast we all got to watch this movie today and talk about it because it's really sweeping the nation so we're gonna do that today we're gonna break down bird box yeah at the time of this recording bob it's been nine days since bird box was released and basically everyone's seen it Yeah, 45 million people. And I don't know whether that's... I don't know whether Netflix gauges people that just started the movie or have watched it all the way through. So I looked this up, Bob. I looked up what that actually means. So they're saying that 45 million accounts in seven days streamed it. So accounts, not not people. Those are Netflix accounts that streamed it. And everyone knows there's at least like 10 people to an account. (laughs) Right, so I don't know what that means people-wise, but just as a frame of reference, there's 137 million Netflix subscribers. So you're talking about... A third, right? That's in the U.S. or worldwide? I don't know. I just looked it up. I said 137 million subscribers worldwide in October. Wow. So then that's a crazy number. But what they came out and said was that once a view surpasses 70% of the total runtime, and that includes credits, they count that as a view from an account. Wow. Okay. So so at least the 45 million that have logged uh, have watched 70% of the movie. Right, yeah. if you turn it on for five minutes and turn it off, like I would have done if we were doing this podcast, <laughs> I wouldn't have counted as a viewer. That, <laughs> okay. That, but that's about, what, a $500 million box office equivalent in the first 
seven days. That's what's bizarre. The story here is the accounts viewing it, not really the quality of the movie or how good it is, because the numbers are kind of showing a shift from yeah. box office to Netflix. I think it's important to note that Netflix obviously has come in and really dominated uh, uh, pop culture and, and dominated the way we view and take in entertainment uh, for, for many years now. But the, the rub with them was always that they didn't have good movies. They had great television material. I, for me, I watched House of Cards a lot. I was a Bloodline guy. I know a lot of people watch a lot of different shows, Ozarks, etc. And then, you know, that they had the documentaries that, that hit sometimes. They had uh, Making a Murderer. And I think this is hitting some of what the magic that Making a Murderer found when it came out. Because that was over the Thanksgiving holiday. And so a lot of people just had time on their hands. And it just kind of caught fire in terms of word of mouth and people binged their way through that series i know i was one of those people and i think them launching this right before the christmas holiday and it has star power behind it it has obviously sandra bullock and sarah paulson and john melkovich and and so some people were going to watch it anyway and then it, it's just i don't and I've, I've even seen rumors that they're making their own fake twitter accounts to spread the word on social media and that maybe even Netflix is coming out with some of these memes that have been passed around. But either way, tons of people are seeing it. This whole thing is crazy to me, by the way, because Jordan, before you texted the group, I had literally heard zero about this movie, either from friends or family or social media. I, I mean, I saw it on my, my Netflix. It's always the first, the premiere, uh, like the epic image whenever you log in they're pushing it really hard i remember watching like two seconds of the trailer and i was like pass but besides that i hadn't heard anything and then you texted this and i was like all right i guess i guess we're gonna watch this today but like unlike what you guys have been saying i didn't hear anything about this yeah i think your experience there has to be in the minority because for me yeah. it was uh and i'd been you know it's the holidays so i'd been working from home off work i hadn't been in the office but my wife had been going in, and she was coming home, and she was saying, everyone at work is talking about Bird Box, and then hopping online. I'm not a Twitter guy. I don't go on Twitter. I don't do that, but I was still seeing Bird Box pop up everywhere online. Yeah, you haven't seen it on your Facebook, Colin? No, People I mean, I guess I'm, in a, I guess I'm in a little bit of a holiday bubble, because we're off for these couple weeks here, so I haven't had that water cooler opportunity, but even, no, you want to hop on Twitter... Um, or Facebook, like I hadn't seen, I haven't seen anything come up. I was actually really surprised by this. I didn't even think it looked any good. Like you watched the trailer and I was like, I don't know, this movie looks like shit. And then... Well, that's a nice transition. So let's talk about the actual quality of the movie. Of course, there's a phenomenon going on that Colin's not aware of. But the actual movie itself, I think on on the, the premise and the marketing alone, I doubt if it wasn't essentially, quote, free, that... 45 million people will have been beating down a door to see this. But what did you guys actually think of the movie? We'll start with you, Jordan, because you were the first one to watch it. What did you think of the actual film? Well, yeah, first of all, I, I mean, I honestly think the, one of the great things about Netflix and releasing these type of movies is that um, the, the popularity of this film and the, the positive reviews are really a function of the low barrier to entry to see it and the low expectations. Like anyone could just throw on a Netflix movie and just watch it. And I honestly think that's a good thing because if this movie was released in theaters, I think critics probably would have panned it. Uh, I don't think that many people would have seen it. Maybe Sandra Bullock can still pull in some 
some viewers just because of her name. But I, I think the, the big following that this movie has achieved is through just the fact that it's there and people are watching it and they're talking about it. Um, and that's kind of a, a nice way, I think, for me to say that I, I did not think it was a very good movie at all. <laughs> um, but, so what, did, what didn't you like about it? So, okay. For me, and I just want to be clear, like not every movie has to be an Oscar contender. Sometimes we've talked about it before that we can I almost come off as a little pretentious and we break down movies and we critique them. And I don't want listeners to think that we can't just watch movies and enjoy them for what they are and have fun with movies. Um, so I don't, we're not overly critical, I don't think, of, of movies that are just there to be consumed, uh, digested, and enjoyed. Uh, and but if, this one just I, I didn't buy into it there's you know I didn't care much for the characters I didn't even think that the movie followed like a set of rules that it had established yeah so you know you can't look at this thing otherwise you lose your mind you kill yourself but then there's like parts in the movie that they that sort of wasn't the case and you know I just for me, it doesn't have to be an Oscar contender, but I do have to connect a little bit with uh, the story, the characters, the plot, and you know, for me, it was it just it was almost borderline on this like so bad it's good type of movie at times. I thought there was some kind of funny death scenes, but it never really went. Every time he was talking. Well, it's safe. It definitely takes the death scenes and and the quote gore. It takes those moments safe. And that was one thing that I had an issue. But I, I know that some of us have... There's also like 20 have... ancillary characters. There's so many characters yes. in this movie. No, they're, Jordan, it's, they're all ancillary characters. <laughs> well, because they set, up that, they set up that piece in the beginning where you know, essentially, there's going to be three characters left at the end of this movie. And so it does cheapen some of the thrilling moments a little bit because you know that you know who's going to make it to the end of the story and who's not going to make it to the end of the story. So it takes a little suspense away. And I thought there was some parts, especially with time jumping and it, it, it does the, the, the past and the present jumps a lot and it gets a little convoluted, but I, I did connect somewhat to Sandra Bullock's character, Mallory. And I, I actually liked it. And I, again, I went in with, a lot what what you said Jordan low expectation low buy-in and I kind of enjoyed it and I also liked the metaphor of what the monster is so we'll talk about what what our hypothesis about that is later but Colin what did you think in regards to the movie you you didn't like it there's there's like a billion things I can say right now I don't even going through my notes I don't even know where to start but like we've talked about the monster really? we've talked about the monster already and look at what point during this, by the way, did they establish that the monster could actually physically harm you? Not once. Unless I completely about. missed it. They don't physically harm you unless you look at it, right? Unless you look at it. Okay. You're right. And so there's is all these... Is that true? on that? Is that, is that the plot? That I didn't you, miss it, right? look at the monster to, for... No, but why does that make it any so different in, if it's so direct theory, or indirect? In, because in the, theory, because she's as long... from the monster all the time for no reason. Exactly. Hammond, thank you so much. As long <laughs> as your so blindfold stupid. is on, in theory... You're not in any danger. Like, you can just you can just keep running, or you can walk calmly if you wanted. It doesn't do anything to you. They well, didn't prove that out in the story. Well, Never once did well, they the actually attack other people. Could. The stakes get raised because there are other people who have, who are immune to 
the monster that are that that will attack you and of course you're limited when you have a blindfold on they're able to force you to look at whatever the entity is sure okay but even with the monster at no point it make it renders the river almost unnecessary you could have just walked the, the message could have been go to the river walk the bank of the river listen and follow the river until you find us at no point were you forced to be in the middle of that river i mean i i guess some crazy people could show up i guess but the monster never really forces you to be in the river you could have just calmly walked the bank of the river and not had to deal with the rapids which by the way weren't even that imposing when she finally made it to it. <laughs> okay, the rapids the whole, part was weak. I agree. I'll give it to you. They had so much build up to the rapids and it wasn't even that difficult. I mean, she it's supposed to be this big empowering moment. I'm going to I'm going we're all going to stay blindfolded. And then they capsize and 10 seconds later she finds the kids and they're fine. Like it was one of the worst it's a terrible payoff. There's so many things that I thought were wrong but plot-wise those were some big things. I mean, I'll just, I don't want to take up too much time initially. I know we're going to go around and mm-hmm. probably bounce some more ideas off of, but that was the biggest thing for me. And I think, I'm sure everyone realizes because of the timing of this release, it's going to be compared to a quiet place. And when you look at the two of them, there was tangible danger with the monster when it got near you. It was going to kill you, it was going to eat you. This one, if it got near you, it was just going to fuck with your head. But if no, you I didn't think you're listen. missing a big point, Colin. I think there's themes here of good versus evil, and that's why for some people, when they see the monster, they lose their mind and they kill themselves. But they do spend enough time telling you that some people see it and they're almost empowered by it to do evil. And they're the ones going out and attacking people. So there is a physical threat there. But from... we don't even they don't even show you those people on the river. On the river yeah, she's do. by herself the, the entire she, time. There's there's one guy, she hacks him up with a knife. Right, and that seems hilarious because she's blind. He's in she's the water. Yeah. In the wood. Well yeah. Well she likes she he sought her out is how they showed it. He saw her coming down the river and found her. Colin, you hit on that there there are plot elements and this is definitely not an original movie. There are plot elements that are very much... I think A Quiet Place is the closest parallel you can get to because of the family element the and, and, and everything. But I also got a little bit of The Mist, and I also got a little bit of one of Jordan's favorite movies, The Road. And I... Because yeah. of the post-apocalyptic. So it had... Yeah. elements of all those movies all three of those that i really like but it should be one's... stated it should be stated though bob that the book was written before a quiet place so it's a little unfair okay that cool. the, the, no i so it's unfair but it like it also came out and tried to copy a lot of the look and feel of a quiet place so it's still guilty of that but the novel on which it's based did come out before a quiet place so you have to at least give it its props there i guess but it has to be said well, i think you're yeah, i think you're missing a movie bob this movie is very the happening Yes, yeah. oh, the happening. It's the happening yeah. which meets which was which is Shyamalan. Problem, that yeah. movie is an absolute. I can. Yeah, the happening meets a quiet place yeah, for sure. Well, that, that that's that's huge, actually, Mike. You're you're very correct because of the whole suicidal piece to it. Right now, there isn't the mechanism of them not being able to look and see things, but um, I find it interesting. It's so similar in story structure, and I looked this up. Uh, I think it's male. Mailerman or the author of the book. It's uh, a bird box, which mm-hmm. by the way is from Ferndale, Michigan. Really? Oh. Yeah, which makes right, which makes Colin Shea the Colin second Shea most. Shea right now. Yeah, right next door. I love it. You can go air your grievances with him directly. But the book came out in 2014. The happening was 08. I assume the movie Bird Box and A Quiet Place were filmed probably similar time frames. So I don't know if I care as much about it being like other movies. I think it's a worse version of some of those movies. I'll give you that, so, but so that doesn't make it awful. 
There's a similar feeling, though, with, like, when you watch The Happening and you see them running away from, you see Mark Wahlberg running away from air, and you just kind of laugh. I felt the same thing when she was running away in the woods at the end, because, again, like, I just didn't feel scared of these monsters. I thought it was funny. It's like, what are you running from? They can't do anything to you. They haven't proven that they can actually do anything to you without the humans around, but they don't even establish that the humans are always around when the monster shows up, so... I don't know. I, ne- I never felt the stakes. I thought the moment where the guy that they had let in, when he starts terrorizing that house, I thought that was relatively suspenseful because then it was something that physically could could do he you was harm. A ticking, he was a ticking time bomb. Like, you knew he was going to... Like he, he was a time bomb for the plot. Like, they had to kill off five more people quickly, and the only way to do it was to introduce one of these crazy guys. So as soon as he showed up, it made complete sense. Again, to your point, Bob, that when they showed that... Sandra Bullock and the two kids are the only ones who survive. You're like, all right, well, how are you going to kill all these people? Oh, this yeah, dude this conveniently dude. shows up. Bet you he murders everybody in the next 10 minutes. You know. Yeah, like, but you were just making the argument there was no physical threat, and then you were saying it was obvious he was going to kill everybody. But he's not He's not physically tied to the monsters. There's no rule that says, like, when the monsters show up. It's not like the Night King. When the Night King shows up, there's a <laughs> billion whites that are, <laughs> but I don't that are proven why. to be with him. Why would no, it I'm have just saying, to be? The monster shows up without the humans all the time, but what's the danger unless you see a band of misfit crazies? But they don't always they don't always come together. So, but there's still a risk. The book, the metaphor in the book of the monster is that the the monster is depression. And so, you can see when the characters when they when the characters that do see the light, there's normally something very personal that they'll say before they go and they kill themselves and it's almost as if that's essentially what happens with depression and and in Sandra Bullock's case the metaphor is postpartum depression and she they allude to that in the beginning of the film and then obviously there's the baby that's happening during it and so the people that are able to 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 get what John Malkovich called the hall pass they're able to see it and still exist is because they were deemed crazy before the happening started so they've already come to peace with their depression so when they see it they are enlightened and they're now no longer a minority in the world and that's why they're going person to person trying to make other people see it to kind of spread this so that they are one with with everyone at that time so I wonder that, if you'd like to read the book, by the way, because you're right. I, I, I would bet there's a few messages in there that are a lot deeper than they fleshed out in the movie. I think this movie could be so much better if they stripped it down almost completely. Well, that's the there that's was, the message in the book, is that the monster is supposed to be depression. That's at least what I had a lot of time after the movie. So so I actually am... I, 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 I like that metaphor. I, did they do it effectively enough? Not necessarily. Did they raise the stakes enough? Was there enough suspense in the movie? Maybe. I again. I I'm not gonna die on this hill. I'm not gonna sit here on one podcast and and overly critique Silver Linings Playbook, but then die on this hill for Bird Box. But I think there was some nice pieces to it, and I I like that element of storytelling. We're okay to criticize this because they're trying to be a good movie, though. It's definitely not as good as it thinks it is. I will say that. No, it's not at all. No way. It's a pretty clear example of an adapted novel that's much better on paper than it is on film. Well, that's why I said I think it yeah, probably makes obvious. a much better book yeah. than, than a movie. What would you guys think of the performances? Did you, well, so, yeah, you start with Sandra problem. Bullock? Yeah, so, look, I, I don't know if I'm in the minority with this. I, I think Sandra Bullock's absolutely terrible. Well, full disclosure, we're all kind of Sandra Bullock. I just don't get it. I don't understand. Is I, anyone going to defend her here? 
No. I, I think she's terrible. I think when she's screaming at the kids, I laughed. I laughed out loud. Never forget speed. I, for, I felt bad for the kid in the blind side because he got adopted by Sandra Bullock. <laughs> Apparently her parenting style is just scream at the kids and everybody. So she's done that <laughs> multiple <laughs> movies now. I would argue I she's, she's not the kids that likable in the movie. Yeah, yeah, boy, girl, and... So, I get they were trying to prove a point there, but it's okay. like she's so detached, she just wants them to know that it's such a bad world and she can't be bothered by giving them names because there's more important things to do but well the more so the monster mean, knows about you the more the monster knows the more it can use it against you so the more the <sighs> further she detaches herself from the children and that's when the monster backs off in those woods is when she admits their children and then the bond can i don't know the bond isn't is the bond of them would make the, the monster less impactful again the monster backs off of what teasing you <laughs> I'm just, I'm just, I'm, kidding. I'm just I'm saying was, what the movie is doing. I know, I know, it's, I know. I just, I was. This was one of the least imposing monsters in a post-apocalyptic film that I've ever seen. Okay. Again, I Quiet Place is one of my top five this year. I'm not saying it's that level. You no, know, let's talk about that though, because I think it's interesting when you compare uh, the mechanism of I can't see things, or we're not allowed to go outside and see things, and you can't make noise. Because not making noise is much more interesting because you don't think about how much noise you make constantly all yeah. the time. So the the directing of that and them being quiet was really cool to watch. I will say some of the scenes with the wire and the bell and that the rocks and stuff was kind of cool, like how they got good at not seeing things, counting steps, things like that. But that really isn't that much of the movie. That's really just like the third act and a little bit of the flashbacks. So I don't I just to Colin's point, I don't know about the the, the villain or the the horror ghost or whatever it is not being that imposing or scary but i just think it's kind of lame like it's i don't think it's that dangerous of a situation i honestly don't you you can stay inside <laughs> um you can uh well they make it for five years by right. just basically hanging out they just just don't go outside Th- that's really it and sometimes those people find them and stuff but i don't know you, it just doesn't seem that imposing to me and if you're outside these people who who don't um who are crazy, but they're not, you know, dead. They didn't kill themselves yet. Whatever you want to call them, they're like making noises and yelling and stuff. It's like you can just see them everywhere. It's just, yeah, it's just not that scary to me. And I feel like that situation isn't nearly as difficult as being quiet or some of the other sort of horror genre things where it makes it really hard for people to live. Like in your points, five years later, it's like okay, living for five years. Like okay. I think the problem for me is that they had themes that they wanted to explore and some of those themes are interesting and you could tease them out through watching the movie but the execution of how it played out on screen just didn't have the impact on me as the viewer that they were going for and I think that's maybe because they had a because they had a billion characters that you don't exactly. give a shit about. Totally like, agree with all that's what a, That's what A Quiet Place did well, and I know it's kind of contradictory to say we're, we're giving it shit because it's not as good as A Quiet Place, but then we're comparing it to it, but what A Quiet Place did well was that it was isolated to three main characters, and there was such great emotional storytelling and character development about the world that they built to survive in. Right. They have eight characters in this movie that I don't give two shits about, and that counts Teddy KGB John Malkovich. You I shut don't your mouth. care about him. He was the best character in this movie. Dude, he was hilarious. Was, he still he was great. He, he was, still sucked. He was, he was the voice great. of reason. He was, he was anything you were thinking, anything you were thinking, Malkovich was saying. 
Why the fuck are we letting this guy in the house? That's exactly what you're thinking. He was the he was the viewer. He was the perspective, and he was an asshole. And he has a, a nice little arc there where he where he comes around to in terms of self sacrifice. But I think he was he was fun to watch because of that. And that that part was just written for him. That was a perfect. Wait, Malkovich, Malkovich doesn't even self sacrifice. One, he just gets killed. He doesn't self sacrifice. Well, he's in there. But I mean, like you know, he's trying no, to help know, everybody know, out. But, if it was, if it weren't John Malkovich, and you're just taking the character as written, would you have given two shits? No, it's probably because you love John Malkovich, which is fine because he's fucking awesome. But <laughs> I thought that character was the great. character wasn't great. He was very two D. Bob, you're like the biggest two yeah, D character true. He was in the 2D. world. He was he was two D. They're all two D. Okay, every one of this movie. Yeah, Malkovich isn't nearly as bad as the other people. I thought the Olympia character, which was supposed to be uh, Sandra Bullock's other baby, that was she was pretty terrible, and that whole thing was weird, especially when she just swanned off of the. <laughs> Through the window and she looked outside. That was like a comical. It's hilarious. Yeah, yeah she like flipped. Yeah, over that was rough. She, well, that was the character that was supposed to get her into being back with humanity because she's so cold and isolated, and that's the character where she finds love and humanity again. I think that's the reason why sure. that lady was there. But yeah, yeah, definitely Speaking not executed. Either did either of you believe the main love story? No. Did no. any? Did, well, there's did no any connection get involved in that? Any character, in my opinion, even Malkovich. She doesn't. I agree. Think. Nothing on screen works, which to me means you are not good at acting. Um, that's just what I would think. But she doesn't mix with any of the characters, and she screams at the kids the whole time until the last couple minutes of it. I just didn't even like her. I honestly didn't. I was just like, okay, if she makes it through, whatever. Um, I did think, I going back to an earlier point, that her maternal instincts, this uh, this like plot point that played out where she didn't really care for her baby, was even considering adoption before having it, and then five years later she's got her own kid and adopted another one and she's doing whatever she needs to do so that they survive that worked best for me in the movie that was the part that i thought had the most depth and um you know resonated the most uh so that's like the the best thing i can say about sandra bullock's performance um so that kind of worked for me but otherwise yeah i just it was hard to care about anybody else what do you guys think about the fact that this was like a fair amount of this was like the redeeming qualities of motherhood and it was another one that was a book written by and a screen by a screenplay written by a guy hmm. i didn't think about that like did did you see like do you feel like any of that stuff actually landed because i i kind of didn't really i don't think i think motherhood was one theme it was it was a major theme but it was it was one theme but i think the the story is overall about depression and I think it, it, there, it does but, it does manifest itself in, through the different characters. You know what's funny, Bob, is I didn't pick up on the depression thing while watching the movie, but I did think there was a allegory to uh, the evils of social media. That's kind of what I uh, oh, thought of. because they're not allowed to be on... It says get off social media, get off... Well, and it's like everyone's uh, always watching what's going on, and you know, I don't know if that's too much of me thinking like what could this evil be where you look at it and it destroys you and makes you go mad and makes you kill yourself. And the first thing I thought of was like, oh, that's social media and how gross people are in social media and watching what everyone else is doing. And then I guess depression is a side effect of that where you're watching other people's lives and thinking everyone else has it better than you have it. And then, uh, you, and then you, the cloud comes over you. Yeah. So that, that's what, that's kind of what I thought about it, which I thought was interesting, but again, it just didn't, fully work for me i think i think jordan you're right in the piece of there's a lot that could be teased out but it's just not executed well because 
I was sniffing around some of those themes, but I had to go and read about the book in order to be able to put it all together. And so I just think maybe the, the, the film didn't give me enough transparency in the storytelling. Because they were sidetracked with terrible characters. I'm, you're probably right, Colin. There's, there's <laughs> too many characters that bog that story down. But I'm not going to go and say it's awful, it's not worth a watch. I think there's a few suspenseful moments. I thought there was some some decent performances. Shout out to Malkovich. What, what, what would you guys give this as a grade if you had to give it a grade as a teacher? Out of what? Like D. A, a to E. A to F. D. A D. Um, yeah, I think that's that's harsh. I think that's harsh. I'll give it like a C minus, maybe. C minus? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. See, I'm I'm more in that that lane. I don't think it's I don't think it's terrible. Well, but I, but is, is it bad. worth is it worth being trending and sweeping the nation and and everybody sharing? Definitely not. I will say but to get just, a uh, like a a, another person's perspective. I asked Chrissy, my you know my wife, about what she thought. Cause we watched it together, and she said. Um, yeah, I don't know. It, like, wasn't good, but some parts were kind of interesting and scary, and I thought it was fine. And I kind of feel like that's a pretty fair assessment. Like, you don't almost have to, like, hate on it so much or critique it. Like, you know, you can just kind of watch it and enjoy it, and, you know, that probably makes it a C, you know? It's just hard to disconnect the fact that 45 million accounts watch this, and then other stuff on Netflix does not get that kind of response. So that's stupid. It's really dumb. Yeah, no one, no one was sharing Mudbound the same way. And and (laughs) when was the earliest you wanted to turn it off, though? 45 minutes in, I was, I I was not feeling it. I thought, I actually thought it got better down the back stretch. Uh, until the end, where I thought it got absolutely ludicrous when she showed up to the, uh, the the school for the blind, and everyone's blind. You, Harris, you, Harris, you didn't want to, you didn't want to turn it off until the end. I'm just saying, like, I, I don't think I've ever turned off a movie, right? Like, I, if I'm starting a movie, I watch it all the way through. So. I maybe I'm no, a, I know you're not going. I know you're not going to. But even like a half hour into it, you weren't like what about the hell? twenty minutes into it. I started thinking, wait, what's going on with all this hype? This is this is a trash movie. Is this going to get better? And oh, yeah. it you know there I, it didn't. And then at the end, the end for me was when I went, okay, this is this this is ridiculous. Yeah. Because the client when she the school for the blind, I laughed out loud. When the doctor that she had for her like prenatal yeah, care was rough. showed up, that I went. Okay. I went. The, the okay. school for the well, court, the, right? the school for the blind brings up a good point though. And Bob brought up differences between the book and the movie. And I did hear one of the differences is, and this this will lend to a point in a second, is that in the book apparently, when they arrive at the school for the blind in the book, they're not naturally blind people. They're people who have resorted to blinding themselves to survive, mm. which is way darker. Yeah. And I think a problem a problem with this movie is that I, I think Netflix was trying to hit a wide ranging, a wide appeal movie. I want I think they wanted everyone to like it. And I think it led to them taking fewer chances, fewer creative risks, and fewer dark turns, which could have made this story a lot deeper and more enjoyable. But they went wide. They went mass appeal, and it really took away a lot of the enjoyment. Greatest me, ending personally. of all time is the mist. The mist's ending is what mm, more yeah. movies should do. Well, which is not what Netflix is known for, though, right, Colin? Like Netflix no. is not known for taking it easy. It's for giving uh, creators. I agree. Which is freedom. weird that they did it for this. Yeah. No. Yeah. Well, I think Netflix. It's it's very interesting if they really start to take a stranglehold of popularity and if people really start to get into their their movie programming and are less and less 
people are excited to go out to the movies and they're they're content kind of sharing stuff like this it's gonna be very interesting to see where this goes because i've always wondered if they start to hit a stride in popularity what that's going to do to big cinema plexes there's like two different tracks there's like two different tracks they've kind of taken like there's main act like sandra bullock gets a vehicle which is great it's going to bring in x amount of viewers but what we talked about in the group chat too, like Buster Scruggs, and they've also given Alfonso Cuaron like the the wheels to a movie that's now being nominated for an Oscar. Oscar. Like, yeah. like being being a platform for directors to kind of like if you go to them and say, hey, like we want you guys to just do what you want to do and make a really good movie, and we're going to be hands off, and we just want to see what you can do. You don't have the limitations of a big production company who has all these obligations to other partners and all this kind of stuff, and you guys can be creative. Go do what you do, and we're going to put it on Netflix. I wonder if that's the better route than a lot of these movies that we're seeing with like big name stars that are kind of like wishy washy, not so good, or hit and miss. Yeah, and you don't have to worry about the marketing. You don't have to worry about huge marketing campaigns. They they really are able to kind of do guerrilla marketing with these kind of things, and you you let it swell that way. I, I think it's and then you could also release some stuff in the theater for the, the theater junkies that want to see it on on that type of platform. Like Hayes is kind of beaten against the the table for Roma but I I think it's exciting so yeah they can just yeah, they can just it. put a ton of shit out there and say you know it's not there's 150 million Netflix subscribers not every movie is for you we can put out yeah, movies like Bird Box that a lot of people like we can put out Roma like it it doesn't matter we can just flood content right and I read more articles about because I wanted to understand what a viewer was when they said that we talked about 70% of the film that counts as a view by an account and Netflix's whole business model apparently is they don't care about views per show necessarily which is also interesting that they release this because they actually keep a lot of this stuff private they just care about subscriber growth across the board which is why they're gonna put out a wide range of movies uh, the problem with this is I think the Netflix platform and how used to people or how used people are to just going to it there's a movie on on Christmas, Christmas Eve with your family, you're going to throw it on. That doesn't mean it's a good movie and 45 million accounts are going to watch it. I don't know what that means for, are they just going to make a bunch of movies like this that they know people are going to click into and watch? Are they going to, um, I guess you said some of them are more like Roma and stuff like that, but I just feel like this this could be a bad thing too. I guess it'll just be interesting to yeah. see, right? We'll Hopefully see they can find that balance, but we'll right. see. Hopefully. Cool. Well, Thank you guys for coming on. Very intense chat. But guys from Denver, I appreciate you as always. Thank you, Jordan Mike. See you. And Colin, go get those leftovers and the food back in the fridge. I appreciate you coming on, bud. Yep, round two coming up. Yeah, a couple more. A couple more, and then you get that, that fancy cartoon. And as always, thank you, listeners, for listening. And until the next time, bye. Why do stars fall down from the sky Every time you walk by Just like me, they long to be close to you On the day that you were born, the angels got together and decided